Now, folks, before we begin the interview, uh, I just want to let you all know uh, that there's a subscription service that you might actually like, especially for your pet. BarkBox. It is a monthly subscription service that will make your dog incredibly happy. You see, every month, BarkBox paw picks the best all-natural treats and, and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and, and any heavy chewer preferences. BarkBox is a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from, you know, local and small businesses that you may otherwise not be able to find. Scouts honor, you know, if your dog doesn't like something in the box, they'll send you something else that they'll love for free. Uh, because they're all about dog happiness, right? And there's free shipping on any bark box. When your dog falls in love, that's a bad pun, but when your dog falls in love with something from the box, you can easily find it again on BarkShop.com, uh, their app where you can even text them. You can pay per month, you can pay per six months or 12 months, and you can cancel anytime. And folks, if you visit GetBarkBox.com slash Building Breweries, I'd be happy to give your dog one extra month free of treats and toys. Hey, Bear Nerds. Welcome to the podcast. Today is uh, Thursday, July 28th, 2016. This is episode 22 of the Building Breweries podcast. Um, kind of a cool weekend in, in Louisville going on. We're getting our first Hopcat. And uh, if you're not familiar with Hopcat or if you don't have one nearby, basically it's just a giant beer bar. Um, and they're known for a couple different things. Their beer and, and uh, what you'll find out is later, uh, crack fries. Um, but they have a, a huge selection of beers. Um, they go by the principle of, you know, no, no Miller, Core, Bud. And, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of craft beer only drinkers out there that can certainly appreciate that and, and get behind that idea as well. So with the opening of the Hopcat in Louisville, which is, you know, about two less than two miles away from where I live, I figured it'd be a good opportunity to, to catch up with their, with their founder and, and think they have about, um, about nine chains now uh, in, in the region uh, through Michigan, Indiana, uh, Wisconsin, Kentucky, uh, and more coming to you. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to meet up with him and uh, see what's up. I'm happy to be joined now on their soft opening night by Mark Sellers, the founder and owner of Hopcat. Mark, what's going on, man? Uh, lots going on. We're opening Saturday. Tonight's our first friends and family VIP kind of soft opening thing, and um, so it's big, big night for us. And actually, we're opening the doors right now as we speak. So this and, is a big moment for Hopcat Louisville. And I'm really, really uh, thankful, and, and uh, I couldn't thank you enough actually that you're letting me come in here right now on, on a probably, probably pretty stressful night for you, at least somewhat. Yeah, but I, I've done um, in various cities that we have Hopcats. I've done interviews with. Uh, beer bloggers or beer um, beer nerds local beer guys right yeah. and it's always a fun interview and it's always fun to talk about beer and so this is my pleasure okay so when did you when did you first open your first Hopcat and where was it uh, so I was I lived in Chicago for 10 years and I was in the financial industry and I kind of semi-retired in 2007 and I moved back to Grand Rapids Michigan where I grew up and I decided um, for lack of anything better to do in my life, I started wanted to start a bar just for fun. So I started Hopcat in 2008, um, and it was just a hobby. And because it was just a hobby for me, um, I did we did some things differently than other bars. Um, no Bud Miller Coors on tap, only craft beer, 
employees don't wear uniforms, uh, recycle and compost, almost all our waste. Um, we got it, now we're up to about 90% of our waste gets either recycled or composted. Only 10% goes to the landfill. Um, we didn't allow smoking at that time when it was still you know, legal in Michigan. We were the only bar in, in that city, Grand Rapids, to not allow smoking. And so we just um, we did things differently, and it worked out. It really resonated with customers and became a big hit. And I, I, I never t- intended it to be another career for me, but it's turned into that. So. What is Hopcat? Like, why the name? Um, so I used to be a musician. Um, I, I had a spectacularly unsuccessful career as a musician. And... Um, then I went back to college and got my accounting degree and went into finance. But I've um, always, always been a jazz music fan. And um, in jazz, if you're a cool cat, you're a hep cat. And beer a, a hep cat. Hep, hep cat. Yeah, okay. it's a common term in jazz. You know, this, that guy's a hep cat. So you know, beer has hops in it. So I just so combine. So you went with the pun. Yeah. Okay. Hop cat. Yeah. Excellent. The so good thing of the great thing about um, the word hop cat, though, and this was not intentional, um, but it's since it's not a. It's not in the dictionary. It's it's a made-up word. Um, we were able to trademark the word Hopcat as our own, so that's actually been great. Nobody else can use that word. Yeah, that's handy. So, so you have you, you have locations in Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin. I know you had Lexington prior to Louisville, but now you have Louisville, yeah. so you have a couple there. Yeah. Um, how, how do you, how exactly do you go about picking what cities a Hopcat goes into? Because what? How many do you have right now? Uh, this is our ninth. This is your ninth location. So how'd you decide the other eight? Uh, well, Grand Rapids was an easy one, of course, because I grew up there. I went to college at Michigan State, which is in East Lansing, Michigan. Yep. So, um, oh, we got some music going up. It's all right. Yo, Brad! Uh, went to college at Michigan State. We're going to keep that, by the way. Uh, yeah, keep it. That's cool. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that was my second hop, yeah, because I just know the town so well, having gone to college there. Um, and then we, you know, we actually experimented doing one outside of Michigan for our third. We did Indianapolis, Indiana. That one had 500 people in line when we opened. And Rod Ripple, right? Rod Ripple neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's done really well for us. Um, so you know, we just decided to do some more. So we did Detroit next, and that one's actually our most successful in terms of the, the volume of sales. Um, it's also one of our largest locations. And then Ann Arbor, then Madison, Wisconsin, then Lexington, and, and now Louisville. Do you try to ha- in- install some kind of um, you know local flavor to each location? We, we try to make, well, we do make every single location look completely different. Okay. And we do try to install a local flavor to the extent that we can. Now, um, we do it out of my own brain, and I, um, which means that I design each one differently, but I have there's common themes. So music, the artwork, um, every location has different artists that do the artwork on the walls. Um, but it's always related to a theme of music, either jazz or rock and roll music. It, it's, it's everywhere. I walked in, and you, the first thing that you notice are all these velvet paintings uh, and, and different artistry about with all yeah. these different artists. There's the al- uh, albums up on the on the bar ceiling. It's everywhere. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's um, again, as, as I started this as a hot, this is just a fun thing for me. Of course, now it's my new career, yeah. um, and I'm making money. You know, but um, I, I never want to lose that element of of just. Um, having it be an extension of my personality and having it be fun for me because when it stops being fun that's when I'm going to retire or sell it or something but I'm having so much fun doing this right now that I can't see that happening anytime soon why does Louisville deserve a hopcat uh, well we've been look we looked for a, we started looking in Louisville three years ago even before we started looking in Lexington we just in fact we came upon our spot in Lexington while we were down here on a trip uh, to look for a, a space in Louisville 
Um, and so that we just happened to find a great spot in Lexington, and that's why we opened there first. Um, and that one's done very well, and we're re very happy with it. But Louisville was the original Kentucky location, and um, it just took us a while. You know, this, people, um, your people that are listening mostly from Louisville. Uh, all over, really. Okay. Um, a, a large percentage of Louisville only because I live here myself. Yeah. But yeah, nationwide for the most yeah, part. Yeah. So uh, we got we got a real estate guy that told us, hey, you got to go to this Fourth Street Live area of Louisville. It's like a hot area. So we came down and looked at it, and I recoiled in horror. I'm like, this is not hockey. Like, we do not fit in this area. It's cool for tourists or whatever, but it's not what Hopcat is all about. So, But then we got intrigued just because it's such a cool city other than that area and um, decided to just keep looking, and we finally found this spot on Bardstown Road. So. Yeah, so is there anything about this building? I mean, any, any history to the building? Because I know it's been here yeah. for a while. Yeah, it was an auto garage for a long time, like a... Um, storage and uh, they worked on auto repairs it's a it's a building that's um, about 105 years old and um, when we bought it or when we leased it we don't we don't own it when we leased it it was a I think an upholstery shop the entire building was um, was an upholstery company that you could take your couch in to get re recovered or whatever you know and they had furniture everywhere when I first walked through it it was all broken up into little rooms with furniture that they were upholstering and uh, it was when people come in here for the first time though they won't even believe that it ever was that but it we've, we've completely redone it but um, yeah. how, how, how does this location that your newest location differ from your first one in Grand Rapids uh, well every besides besides the local flavor yeah how, how have you grown essentially yeah so I I have grown a lot in terms of my um, sense of how I how I want to design each one, um, and that means that the Rolodex or the contact list of artists that we work with has grown a lot. At, when I started Grand Rapids, I I saw one guy's art that I really liked. It was a local artist, and I hired him to do all the artwork. Here in Louisville, um, this is you know eight years later, nine years later. Um, now we've got this huge contact list of artists that do work for us and so we have six different artists that have done artwork for us here we have about 40 different paintings on the wall so that is really one part of it also the way that we design the kitchen is completely way more efficient than it was back then which I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> um, and the way that we design the, the, the tap um, towers and the, the tap lines uh, is, is much more efficient now but also um, we, we really try hard to not do uh, function over form, which means I always want to make sure that the look of something is cool first, and second, is it functional? Because so, I think when you come to a bar, I mean, my philosophy on any bar is that it's not just a place to drink. In fact, it's not, what I tell people is, um, a bar is a place to go and, and just experience the whole atmosphere. The drinking part, you could just sit in your house and drink cheap six-pack, and you you don't, you don't need a bar to get drunk. No. What you need a bar for is to socialize, have a really cool experience, and have an interesting atmosphere in which to sip on a beer. And that's what people pay for when they come to a bar. So, what what don't you want Hopcat to be? So, say, for example, you, you give over the reins. Somebody, let's open up a, a fictional location in uh, um, you know, San Antonio, somewhere, somewhere, and you just say, you know what? Um, whoever your best friend is, hey, I want, I'm giving this location to you. What don't you want that location to be? Well, um, that's what you just said is the, the reason that I'm never going to franchise this. Um, I own, I'm, I'm 
majority owner. I was the sole owner until recently. We took out a few investors, but I'm still the, the majority owner. And that'll always be the case that I will be heavily involved in each Hopcat. We're not going to franchise them and let other people open Hopcats because when you franchise, by necessity, you have to be cookie cutter because you have to basically give the franchisee an exact template for how it's supposed to look. That's why every Chipotle looks the same, every McDonald's looks the same. It's a franchise. They have to look the same, But so we're not going to do that. Um, so I would never let somebody do what you just said. I, I would always have to be involved. In so beer can be very complex, and you have a, an amazing number of, of styles here. You have 130 different taps. And, and 132, actually. 132? Because we messed up. We told the guy that we wanted 130, and the guy who made our uh, <laughs> who made our tap uh, towers, he, he wanted to do it in. It, uh, he he somehow got 132. I, I, did, I did see that was kind of a weird. That yeah, we, was a really weird. Number. Yeah, it's a mistake. It's supposed to be 130, but whatever. It's cool. It's two more. At least it's two more, not two less. Yeah. Okay. So so you have all these different styles. You have all these different bottles. I walked in here on opening night, and and all the employees were gathered together. I mean, they they were taking up. Um, you, you have three different bar areas. They were taking up an entire one bar area. How many employees are you, are you having, and how do you make sure that they're all, you know, educated on, on the b- different beers that they that you all yeah, have? Good, good question. That's a, that's a lot of beer. Yeah, we have about 200 employees at this location. Um, uh, just actually, just over 200, like 203 or something. And we have a for, for all the front of house employees, all the servers and bartenders. Um, they have a very extensive training course. They have they have different levels. They have, it's kind of like the Cicerone for people that are really into beer. They'll know what the Cicerone is, Cicerone test. And um, so we it's we but well, we developed it in house, but it's very similar to the Cicerone program. And so all of our servers have to pass various levels before we allow them on the floor. And if you don't pass the test, you got to study again and retake it, or we won't allow you on the floor. And we also only hire servers and bartenders who have a minimum of three years experience doing doing that before somewhere else. And the reason is um, you can teach somebody about beer, although that does take time and it's not an easy thing to, to learn for sure, but, but it's, it's almost impossible to teach somebody to be a good bartender overnight or a good server overnight. It takes years to learn that skill. So. We, we insist on three years of experience. You, uh, you said this is your ninth location and you, and you have taps everywhere. How, how do you yourself stay current with different trends in the beverage industry, in the, in the craft beer industry? Yeah, well, I myself uh, read a lot of stuff like Beer Advocate and craftbeer.com and a bunch of different uh, publications. But in terms of our beer list, we have each location has one person um, who is a salaried position and their only job is to pick our beers and work with breweries to get the best beers possible they don't have any other job they don't manage they don't bartend they just pick the beer it's an extra cost for us but it ensures that our beer list is constantly rotating and constantly got the best stuff so adam is right there in the blue t-shirt with a baseball cap um he's our beer guy in detroit He's one of our. We have like a, you know, like I said, each location has one, so we have nine different guys. But Adam is one of our better ones, and so he comes down and helps train the new people every time we open a new store. As I said, you had about three different bar areas, so it's a very large facility. You have a porch's uh, little deck uh, on the upstairs as well. It's huge. Do you, do you plan on? No, not all these bars are going to be open every night. Do you plan on having like private events available? I mean, can I rent rent out a space? Yeah, this space is so large that we decided, um, we don't do this at all our locations, but we decided to hire a woman um, to do, to just be an events person. So her job is to book private events. That's her only job, really. She doesn't bartend or anything. 
and she's already booked quite a number of them because we have yeah like you said we have different rooms in this place that we can either shut off for a private event or if it's really crowded on Saturday night we can open them up to the public but um, we thought it would be a good idea to hire an events person and actually so we're actually focused very heavily on events at this location in Louisville and to a lesser extent Lexington which also has a private area upstairs um, but Louisville we're really really trying to book a lot of events yeah. and we've and we've so far um even we're not, we're not even officially open yet but we've we've already got a, like 10 different events booked so so l let me let me just preface this with that there there are a bunch of nerds out there that don't know anything about hopcat for example and they're kind of ignorant to what it is but they yeah. but they know you've had multiple locations so far so they they see you coming in as kind of a, a chain atmosphere. Why would you go drink yeah. beer there? You know, drink local and everything. I, I don't even want to talk about that because uh, the, we, we've seen a lot of it online. People talking about it like that, but they. Um, and I think you know, and I do think you have good defenders. I mean, you have people out there defending you all. And now that I've seen this place, I can say that, like you said, I mean, you don't want to franchise it. You don't uh, want to make. It I would just um, and understand that that. Um, Mentality because I myself don't like going to chains. I, I, I avoid chains like the plague. And we like to consider, I actually tell people Hopcat is an anti chain chain for many reasons, some of which I've gone over already the no uniforms, the constantly rotating beer list, the recycling and composting, the different look, every location looks completely different. But more important than any of that is the mentality that we have, and that is that um, we don't want to be a cookie cutter chain. So we, we try very hard to um, make it just like a family atmosphere for the employees, and the beer list is always the number one priority. We I believe we're the only chain beer bar, or, or probably the largest chain beer bar that rotates their tap list constantly, and about half of our beers at any one time are usually a local. And when I say local, I mean the state of Kentucky, not just Louisville, but the region. Yeah. The, the region. Um, and with every location that's in Indiana, in Indianapolis, we have about half of our 100 taps are, um, are Indiana beers. Um, in Michigan, we do the same thing. So we, it's the same thing here. You'll, we'll be able to find tons of different Kentucky beers, but we're going to rotate them up a lot. Yeah, okay, that, that's more than fair. You, 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 you took that with stride and perfectly. Thank you. What What is challenging you right now as both an owner and what is challenging Popcat right now? I think this is a case in the, in the entire restaurant industry is finding finding good employees, finding good people, um, and especially that's true of the kitchen. Uh, that's what keeps us up at night. Whenever we open a new location, trying to staff up with quality employees who um, have some experience is a big challenge right now. The unemployment rate is pretty low, and that's especially true in the cities that we go into, which tend to be college towns or towns that have a big college in them like Louisville does, like Detroit has a big college, Wayne State, uh, East Lansing, Ann Arbor, you know, they're all college towns, and Madison, Wisconsin, Lexington of course, and those those cities tend to have lower unemployment than even the general um, you know, United States, so it is it does keep us up at night. Um, and then second, you know, just like I said, I'm not a chain guy, and I, as as a customer, I prefer to avoid chains. So I don't want to ever be seen as a corporate chain atmosphere. And we work really, really hard to make sure it doesn't turn into that. Let, let me just say that I was downstairs. Wait, I've, I'd never met you before tonight. I was downstairs by the bar, just kind of walk, walking around, wandering around, uh, looking at the various artwork. And this guy walks up to me in in, in cargo shorts and a t-shirt, holding a beer, like. 
you the podcast guy? I'm like, oh, I, yeah, who are you? I'm the owner. I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm just a normal dude. Yeah. <laughs> I happen to make some money in the financial industry, so I'm like, let's start a bar. All right, excellent. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Just a couple more questions. Um, you mentioned your, your kitchen and, and, and uh, efficiency and everything like that. Can you just tell me the story behind the crack fries? Because I feel like when people talk about Hopcat, the first thing that they mention is the beer, and then the second thing is the, is the crack fries. So yeah, how did that come about? Well, that's... Um, so that yeah, because the crack fries got named top ten French fries in America last year by beer by a by a Food Network, and uh, but before that they were very well known in the state of Michigan already because um, they've just been a local favorite there. And now it's starting to expand elsewhere that reputation. But it came about we tried about ten different styles of fries a month before we opened in 2008, and um, um, one one of them the our chef um, put cracked pepper seasoning on in this blend of seasonings that he didn't really tell us what it was. He just said, you know, it's got pepper in it, cracked pepper in it, among other things. And um, the fries were just so good. And somebody sitting at the table said, these things are so good. They're addictive. They're like crack. <laughs> and they have cracked crack pepper on them. So we decided to call them crack, crack fries. And crack fries. It just kind of took off. Yeah. All right. So you have nine locations right now. What locations are coming next? And do you have a dream city? Uh, well, I lived in Chicago for 10 years, and uh, we're opening in Chicago next month, and that is a long time. I've been looking at locations in Chicago for literally six years, and we finally found the right one about a year ago. So um, we're opening in Chicago finally, our first first one there, and um, I'm real excited about that. Uh, but i got to tell you, Louisville is, is every time I'm here, uh, I've been here about, I don't know, 15 times in the last couple of years, and I, I love this city. It's a great, great place. So. Walking around, I mean, I I think it fits perfectly with, with the neighborhood, with the city. You you have um, you have you have a stairwell devoted to Muhammad Ali. Yeah, it, it, it's it's awesome in here. I, I started well, the first. I got into Muhammad Ali when I was nine years old, and uh, uh, my dad was you know was into him because um, boxing back then you know people nowadays don't realize what boxing back then was as big as the NFL. Oh yeah, well. it, was, it was it was the it was the major sport. Um, so Ali was the most famous person in the world, and in fact, they did a they did a survey, and he was more famous than the Beatles <laughs> at one time in the late '60s, early '70s. So and it's because he was a draft re- draft resistor. Um, it's because he changed his name and took a lot of heat for that, and it's because he was very influential in, in the civil rights movement and the politics of the late '60s. And so, because of that, he became this a very very famous person. Plus, he was just a a good talker, right? So, oh yeah. Yeah, very, I mean, very friendly to the camera. He was great. He would rhyme, and, and yeah. he, I think he was the first hip hop artist. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, no doubt. Well, so he, so I, I just have always been a fan of his. So when I'm like, we're opening in Louisville, we're gonna have a bunch of Muhammad Ali <laughs> stuff on the walls. So and, and we appreciate it. But hey, I see that people are starting to file in for you on, on your your soft opening night. So I really appreciate your time with me tonight and educating me on on Hopcat and yourself. Thank you so much. All yeah. right, man. Take care. All right.